Hi, Al Jensen here for Come Follow Me for Seniors. Today, what I'd like to do is, um, in addition to the Come Follow Me lessons, I'd like to throw in a little bit of uh, extra fun for us. Listening fun is what I call it. But my great-grandfather was uh, Ephraim K. Hanks, a uh, mountaineer, a uh, Mormon pioneer, a rescuer, um, just a man of many talents. And he wrote a book called Scouting for the Mormons on the Great Frontier. And what I'd like to do is I'd like to read this book. And we do maybe a chapter every week until we finished it. But hopefully you'll find it interesting. I do. And it is a chronicle of the life of Ephraim K. Hanks. He, it's from some of his memoirs as well as just verbal accounts of some of the things that he's done from a multitude of people. So let's start with this section called A Word Picture. So here we go. Exteriorly, Hanks was a rough mountaineer, but at heart a gentle and sympathetic nature and a man of great faith in God. Withal, and many are the traditions of the effectiveness of his administrations among the sick, and especially among the exhausted and frostbitten immigrants of the handcart companies. Captain Burton of the English Army, who visited Utah in 1860, met him and has left a pen picture of him that is worthy of reproduction. Hanks had been represented to the English captain as a noted Mormon desperado. This was his preconception of him, but this is the description the vile villain, as he had been called by anti-Mormon writers, was a middle-sized, light-haired, good-looking man with regular features, a pleasant and humorous countenance, and the manly manner of his early sailor life touched with a rough cordiality of a mountaineer. Frank as a bear hunter is a proverb in these lands. He had, like most men, a desperate courage and fiery, excitable temper, a clear, pale blue eye verging upon gray and looking as if it wanted nothing better than to light up together with a cool and quiet glance that seemed to shun neither friend nor foe. So let's start with chapter number one called Boys Will Be Boys. And then we'll move through uh, each chapter a week. And hopefully you'll gain an insight into this man that is a lot of fun. So chapter one, Boys Will Be Boys. To Benjamin and Martha Hanks on their Ohio farm was born in 1826 a son, their sixth child who was named Ephraim Knowlton Hanks. Little Eve grew through babyhood, much as other children did, but his boyhood was dotted freely with excitement and was rich with vital experiences of an active and original nature. The farm dog, Ring, was supposed to be the family dog, but of the twelve Hanks children, Ring, like destiny, picked Eve for his very own. Perhaps Ring sensed that Ephraim's trail would lead to far exciting places. One hot summer day, as the blue-gray eyes of the twelve-year-old Eve looked down the endless rows of corn he had yet to hoe, the trail looked far. But it didn't look exciting. No ring, he said firmly, as much to convince him as to quiet the dog that kept sitting down in front of him and whining. No, it's no use begging. Father said we boys have to hoe ten rows apiece, and then we can all go. The rest are way ahead of me, and if you don't quit pestering me, I'll be the last one through. 
Ring, or maybe temptation in the form of Ring, said, Well, why don't we go hunt squirrels now? We can do the work afterwards. Eve couldn't resist the argument. He dropped his hoe, picked up his gun, and the two disappeared into the woods. About the middle of the afternoon, with a few squirrels in his hunting bag and a satisfied look on his face, Eve returned to the field just as Father Hanks appeared to inspect the work. The sun had evidently been too hot for the other boys, too. They had hurried through their rows, doing a ragged, unsatisfactory job. Father Hanks counted the rows and noted the poorly weeded ones, which far outnumbered the good ones. Who hoed, the, who hoed these rows? he asked sternly. To save their skins, the boy said, Eve did. The other boys chorused, Eve did. Father Hanks looked at Ephraim with a twinkle in his eye. You must be tired, Eve, he said, after doing all these rows and shooting all those squirrels. Take your squirrels up to the house and clean them for supper. He turned to the others, and you boys, you'd better run over these rows again and do a better job this time. Benjamin and Martha Hanks lived on a fine, broad farm near the small town of Madison, Lake o County, Ohio. Their twelve children were taught early to be honest and useful. Each one had his share of work to do and contributed what he could to the family life. Eve started out by running small errands for his father, who, as well as, as farming, maintained a roadside blacksmith shop. Before long, he was blowing the bellows, and soon he was a real assistant to his father. By the time he was twelve years of age, he could fit shoes on both horses and oxen, make trap springs, and do most of the things his father did. He was known throughout the country as the young blacksmith. He once said in later years, I often wondered if father didn't kind of dote on me sometimes, like Jacob did on his son Joseph. Eve's brothers were no little jealous of his good fortune in being their father's helper. They sometimes taunted him and often complained that their jobs in the fields were more difficult <clears throat> than his work in the shop. By the time Eve had reached the age of 16, he was being entrusted with important missions. One Saturday, his father asked him to go to River Ridge to make a collection of a sizable amount. He was instructed to hitch up the favorite mare to the new carriage he had some distance to go. On his way, he picked up a friend for company, and after making the collection, the two boys started for home. With his money in his pocket, there came Eve, a feeling of confidence, which caused him to take a few uncalled-for liberties, which he later regretted. <coughs> Excuse me. Wanting to show off the fine horse and buggy, the two boys decided to visit a friend who lived some distance out of the way. Before they had completed their visit, the evening was upon them, and by the time they reached home, the mare had been so overdriven that she was put in the barn. Later that evening, she was still white with lather. The next morning, Father Hanks rose early, going immediately to the barn to feed the stock. One can imagine how he felt on seeing his favorite mare covered with mud and dry sweat. He went upstairs to Eve's bedroom and woke the boy none too gently. Luckily for Eve, it was Sunday morning, and the strict religious discipline of his parents forbade any sort of punishment on the Sabbath day. He was, however, given a firm promise that the punishment would be meted out Monday morning. Eve knew full well what to expect, and liked not a little the outlook, for Benjamin Hanks, true to his stern Puritan stock, was strict to the letter, and did not flinch at inflicting severe punishment. When the rest of the family packed themselves in the carriage and left for the revival meeting in town, Ephraim felt perplexed and unhappy. He propped his feet up against the mantel and watched the burning embers in the fireplace. Slowly and painfully, his decision to leave home was made.
Tying a few clothes in a bundle, which he tucked under his arm, he stepped outside and called Ring. He took a farewell look at the old homestead, patted the dog on the head as they went out the gate, and started down the road. Though his heart was pulling for home, the seat of his trousers was telling him to move fast in the opposite direction. So that concludes Chapter 1. Hopefully next week we'll get Chapter 2 called Beginning of the Trail. I hope you enjoyed it, and thanks for listening.